Welcome to the Guardian Podcast with Ren Melberg. My name is Harold Nickel. There was bound to be a nexus between social media and company policy and best practices. This includes what employees do online while on and off the clock and extends to customers, suppliers, shareholders, neighbors, and yes, employees. There are some businesses that do not allow their employees to say anything about them on social media. I'm aware of at least one company where the owners monitor their employees' social media postings and will hold things they don't like posted against them, and yet they have no written policy. The world of Facebook will include 1 billion users this year, and Twitter will have 500 million. There has to be a more informed and enlightened way to give directions to people so for enlightenment and information, we turn, of course, to Ren Melberg. And Ren, first help us understand the connection between governance policy and social media. Sure. So remember, when we think of governance, we're talking about protecting stakeholder value. Right. And and so it's really about making sure that whatever is occurring in social media does not have a detrimental impact to stakeholder value. So that that can be a variety of things, right? Reputation, the actual bottom line, you know, so boycotts and things like that definitely are bad for stakeholder value. Um giving the impression giving uh getting the reputation that you're not a good place to work. Uh-huh alters de- detrimental to stakeholder value, things like that. Um, so when we talk about social media, we really want to talk about what governance are we putting in place to make sure that we're protecting stakeholder value. And if you noticed, I deliberately set up kind of a, a balance there, right? Mm-hmm. We have to do what protects the bottom line, but do we want to become then um, a place where people don't want to work? Yeah, that's very important, particularly uh, in a very competitive world to get the the best people and to convince them to stay. So let's let's right. talk about employees a little bit more and employees online, because that seems like a big concern, if not the biggest concern, that employees are posting things about the business, particularly when they post things that are that are negative or unflattering. What should a business do about this? It's a great question. Um, so some of it starts with understanding from an employee perspective, who are you employing? Are you employing industrial workers? Are you employ- employing knowledge workers? And science teaches us that those are two very different categories of people. They are rewarded and incentivized very differently. And we've talked about, uh, we have a podcast about uh, rewards and recognition and, and motivating knowledge workers right. and how different those two things are. So I'm not going to go into any depth about that. But how we manage them and the governance of them is very different. And so, for instance, it isn't detrimental to an industrial worker, you know, who's putting together cogs mm-hmm. to say very definitive, you can do this, but you can't do that. Right. The whole relationship with a knowledge worker and their employer is built on trust. So if we start dictating things, what do we undermine? We undermine trust. We undermine that relationship. What happens with those knowledge workers? They say, screw you. They go work for someone else. 
right. Exactly. So <laughs> that's, that's why I Screw started you if that. you're lucky, right? <laughs> right. And so how we have governance for these two groups of people needs to con- really understand your audience mm-hmm. and the conversation you have with them. For both of them, you know, for both groups, you really don't want to say to them, you can't talk about your work because that's completely unrealistic. That is in the, so unrealistic, it's in the realm of crazy. Okay, yeah. So you do sound like a lunatic, like the one example you gave. You can't talk about where you work. That's insane. That's yeah. like telling people you can't talk about the weather. They're gonna, what is wrong with you? This well, isn't is, that the truth? Being, this is what we do. And social media for, you know, what is it, 99% of the population, that's all it is. It's an extension of our face-to-face conversations. So when you try to censor that as an employer, you're always going to get yourself in trouble. One. Two, (laughs) um, employers have been bitten in the ass because of things that their employees have said. And I think about that poor woman who was on a plane from London to South Africa who made a joke to just a few of her friends Mm -hmm. about AIDS. Mm -hmm. Right? And it was deliberately making a joke about the social bifurcation between white people and black people and its inequity in Africa. That was her intent. Right. Her friends understood that. As soon as they got out of that context, she looked like a raging racist. And by the time she landed in Johannesburg, she was a social media pariah. Her company had been inundated with complaints and she'd lost her job. Yeah. Yeah. That's the other side, right? Mm -hmm. She did something very innocent. And in its context, there was absolutely nothing wrong with it. Out of context, it exploded. And part of the problem is her company had no mechanism for dealing with this. They had no crisis management. They had no governance. They had nothing. Where a similar thing happened with a Campbell's employee who was way on social media promoting a local pride event. Mm Mm-hmm. And a religious organization attacked Campbell's for being anti-family. Campbell's already knew, had their governance, already knew who they were, right? And they came in defense of their employee and said, no, our employee did nothing wrong. First of all, it was on their time. Right. Second of all, we agree with them. Yeah. But See the difference there? And, and the truth is, if the, the woman, poor woman who went to South Africa, if her company... Had had a mechanism like that established, it would have been a similar conversation. First of all, it was on her time. Second of all, that's not what the joke was about. You mm-hmm. misunderstood the joke because you took it out of context. She did nothing wrong. Yeah, and it seems like you know, particularly in the case of the people who get themselves into jams um, because of something that, when taken out of context, like you said. Um, is off color or racist or something like that. Um, why not just block social media access for employees when they're using company owned computers? It seems like that would solve everything, wouldn't it? 
No, because they have access to their own. Oh, that's I mean, true. They have their own computers. They have their own phones. They have their own private um, access to social media. And the example of both those people, neither one of them who, by the way, links their private accounts to their employers at all in any way. Mm-hmm. Neither one. People went online and Googled and figured out who those two people worked for and traced it back to the company, um, which also to me is crazy, you know, because in that context, and that's why I use those, neither one of those people were doing anything to represent their company. Yeah. And in the old days, <laughs> before um, the perennial fear of offending anyone has set in, um, and also, um, y- you know, you, really before social media completely exploded, when these things happened, because they used to all the time, companies would just say, yeah, we don't care because they weren't representing us. It has nothing to do with us. Go away. Yeah. You have a problem with it, you talk to them. Which, let's be honest, that is the adult (laughs) response. Yes. That has nothing to do with me. Why are you bringing it to me? I don't care. You have a problem with something Rin said, talk to Rin, leave me out of it. Um, But very few companies, except for the one I cited, Campbell's, which is notorious for this, are taking that adult stance. Right. Instead, they're reacting in fear of offending someone. Well, guess what? You're alive. You're going to offend someone. Yeah. Yeah, that kind of brings me to the next thing is that, uh, and what you said so well, that, um, you know, as long as we're all here, we're going to make somebody unhappy even without trying. And it's it's kind of like uh, living in the age of people are just looking for something to to beef about that that's what leads to these costly employee mistakes in social media communication. So is that just avoiding the hassle altogether? Is that a reason to keep employees from, from posting things online in the context of their business? And like I said, it's, Companies should have a governance policy that only certain people um, officially represent the company. Mm-hmm. If you don't have that, at a minimum, you've got a problem. Right. But in this world, companies should also be aware that that doesn't matter. That to some people, and we call them trolls, and to your point, that is their hobby. Yeah. Is to go out on the internet and be offended by something. And have unreasonable expectations. You know, I think of a Starbucks cup guy. Starbucks oh, yeah. had a, 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 you know, multi-hued red cup. Mm-hmm. And this year they didn't say Merry Christmas on it. Well, guess what, dude? They've never said Merry Christmas on them. Yeah. So why are you getting offended by something they've never once done? You know, that's just because if you look at his history, that's his, that's his, he sees that as his role in this world is to get offended by these things, find things to be offended by, right? Right. Those people aren't, they've always been out there. We've all known them all our lives. 
instigators is usually what we call them, right? Yeah. Um, <laughs> so right. It's just that they have more of a voice in social media because we give them a voice, because we react. If we don't react, if companies don't react and say, guess what, that has nothing to do with me, I don't want to hear it, I don't care. So the expression... All the power goes out of those people. Oh, yeah. So don't feed the trolls. That should... Uh... Is that, that should be that, the number one rule of all companies. <laughs> don't fit um, the And especially when somebody brings things to you about an employee who is not an official representative of your company mm-hmm. and about something that employee, whether they said it about your company or not, doesn't matter. If it was on their account and it was on their personal time, then you just say, that has nothing to do with us and it's none of our business. Right, Exactly. Done. Exactly. And if they did say anything negative or untoward about that company, it's a, about you, your company, it's a different conversation. Because what I'm going to say to you is from a governance expertise perspective, if your employee is complaining about your company online, mm-hmm. chances are they've complained about that to you and no one listened. Uh-huh. And the only reason they went online is because you weren't listening. And so you've got a governance problem. Okay. That's that's a brilliant point. Um, you don't beat that employee up. Instead, what you do is you work with them to solve the governance problem. Yeah. Because they had the balls to, <laughs> to highlight something <laughs> that probably a couple other 100, 100 people in the company, depending on the size, didn't. Well, I, and that's more often true. than not, companies fire that person, and I go, oh, yeah. "What are you doing?" They're trying to help you. That was your canary. Hello. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> you don't kill the canary when it starts to cough. Remember, you know the canary in the coal mine analogy. Absolutely. You don't kill the canary <laughs> when it starts to cough. You go, "Uh oh, <laughs> we probably right. have a problem here. Let's figure out what it is." Well, that's. You know, that's, again, that's just so well said. And, you know, the other side of that coin of, you know, just stifling conversation is where I've read that there's companies that they want to enlist their employees as um, an online army of brand advocates. But it Mm -hmm. seems like this could, this might just be borrowing trouble. Um, And along with the instances you mentioned, there was... uh, Oh, somebody from Stub StubHub who dropped the f bomb, and the Gap stores inviting Hurricane Sandy survivors to shop during the storm. I guess you know, tweeting and communicating online about a business—that's that should be like a public relations or a marketing thing, shouldn't it? Absolutely, um, as you know, because you're this is your expertise. Um, uh, the written word, in particular. Um, can be so easily misunderstood yes. because there is no tone and the context is very limited. Right. And depending on the motivations of the audience, the context can either, it can be edited and the context is either limited even further or completely removed. Mm-hmm. So in, in, in the example of that woman's joke, the context was about the unfairness of, of the inequality, and it got the context was removed, and she got accused of being a racist, right? Yeah. And and actually, her tweet was the opposite. Yeah, exactly. Of that, the other thing with the the 
army of brand advocates, and I like the way you, you say that, is that's risky business. Yes. Because there are people who um, love their companies and they're very loyal to their company, they're very loyal to their products, and they use the products, and they will share that with other people, usually in one-on-one interactions. Mm-hmm. that's beautiful, that works. And I think about, I hadn't been in a Target for a long time. Mm-hmm. I was in Target. I was behind, in the line behind an employee. She happened to notice that one of the items I had, um, there was a, a coupon on cartwheel mm-hmm. for it. So as we're waiting for our turn, she quickly, you know, helped me get cartwheel, helped me find the coupon, and she saved me 20% off of my item. That is a brand advocate. That's who you want. And it's because here's someone who really is invested in the success of the company, really likes their products and services, and it's genuine. And it was clear to me that it was genuine. Right? Now, let's twist that. (laughs) Yeah. There's been some of this brand advocacy that's happened, and you mentioned StubHub, and part of the reason why that became an incident, the F-bombing thing, was because all the employees on StubHub and their little comments and everything were so insincere. Mm-hmm. And so people were already annoyed, and he has just happened to be the last straw. It was completely yeah. unfair. Because people already could tell there was this insincere, and you're just marketing to me, and it's like, bleh. <laughs> people don't like insincerity. And so that's that's the challenge. And instead, what I work with companies is work with your employees, have, really encourage them to use your products and services, give them a format to give you feedback so it stays internal, mm-hmm. right? And you build that feedback back in to improve your products and services and they will naturally become your advocate and let it be organic let it be sincere but to try and enlist people to go out there and see how great your company is first of all it's not going to work because it's going to be insincere it's going to fall flat mm-hmm. and second of all you're putting an enormous risk as you said is people who are not trained to be writers or writing into doing yeah. <laughs> writing, it's like, ugh, why would you do that? It's it's just not a good good plan. I'm sure somebody thought it was, but I think we now know that it, it's just an awful idea. Yeah, I tend to agree, and I used to tell folks that if you have to stop and wonder about if you're qualified or authorized to speak for the company or not, you aren't. And you're not. Yeah. Um, so. Just to kind of though take this to the ultimate step is is there a way a social media governance policy is it possible to make it a marketing tool while preventing employee posted blunders all at once? I think I'm not sure about making your governance policy a marketing tool. I think it should be the filter in which you have do your marketing and in which you respond to social media. What I struggle with is the idea of employee blunder. Because the truth is, is very few of the incidences that, that have risen um, to the point of being social media were employee blunders. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. Most of them were the company responding very, very poorly. Um, yeah. And so the example of the woman going to South Africa, she didn't make blunder. Mm-hmm. She had no control over someone retweeting her her tweet in a in a getting taken out of context. Yeah, and like the company said, responded very immaturely and very clearly did not have a governance policy or governance around this at all. One, two, <laughs> right? <laughs> didn't hadn't thought about how they were going to respond to something like this and had a plan. And that's really what this should be about, is a company's really understanding what is their governance about that. So I go back to, you know, um, you know, the Target employee who was promoting his local Pride event in Target, in Target going, yeah, we don't have a problem with that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Sorry, it was Campbell's. But yes, anyway, yeah. Campbell's saying we don't have a problem with that. Um it's because they knew who they were. They knew what their governance was. They knew what they stood for. Mm-hmm. Um, they knew what they consider as a company to be offensive behavior or, or speech. Um, and that was clearly articulated and actioned in their culture. Yeah, you know, that's, that's another thing. Companies that have a clear... Uh, culture who have a clear idea identity. This is who we are. Also, don't have these problems. Um, I think of some some of the strongest cultures, co- corporate cultures in the United States. IBM, notoriously mm-hmm. strong corporate culture, right? right Google, yeah. Apple, American Express, mm-hmm. Amazon. All these are really strong cultures. We don't hear this stuff about them. You know, you're right. That's exactly and right. And people tweet like crazy. I know. Okay, (laughs) because the culture is the embodiment of those governance values. So from a governance point of view, shouldn't companies provide social media training to to their employees to make sure that they understand, okay, this is what we expect from you in this space? Honestly, I think most companies... I think going so far as to say social media specific training, not so much. I think you need to have training around your code of conduct. A lot of organizations have that your first day on the job, right? You go on your first day and it's orientation and they're telling you not just about your benefits and how much vacation time, but also (laughs) here's our code of conduct and this is what it means to be us. That's that first really intimate introduction to the corporate culture. Mm-hmm. Your social media guidelines should follow any of your other communication guidelines in your company. They should be consistent. Yeah, like it, this is all the stuff we didn't tell you in the interview kind of stuff. <laughs> <laughs> or what we did tell you to a greater degree of detail. In more detail. Uh, yeah, I think that's, that's some of said. it too. There's yeah. some of that too. But in we mentioned social media in that context, right? Mm-hmm. But it's it's no different than anything else. And if you have a grievance or you have a concern about the company, here is where you take it. That's mm-hmm. the important part. And here's where you don't take it. Right. 
you don't take it to the lunchroom or the cafeteria and you sit there and bitch to 20 employees any more than you take it to, uh, you know, Twitter. Right. Yeah, right. that's... here. Here's where that goes. And it's important, and that's why we want to make sure you know this is where that goes. Yeah, at least tell them where to where's the appropriate place and and give them some direction in that sense. That's right. good advice. And yeah. and again you know, even twenty years ago, right, in the code of conduct it said only those who are sanctioned by the company can actually speak on behalf of the company. That doesn't change in the social media world one iota. That's that's the way you described it is like just common sense, you know. Right. So let's talk about reputation management mm. um, in this context. Shouldn't some kind of active monitoring of social media be part of an overall branding, marketing, PR effort? Sort of like, um, well, the way we read mm-hmm. newspapers and magazine articles about the company. Is this just a natural extension of that? Yeah, absolutely. Um, but again, we want to make sure that we stay, meaning we the companies, right? We stay um, on the macro level about that. And I like the way that you said it's about reputation. Reputation is not the opinion of one person. Right. Right? That's right. Um, so we don't want to get into re- being reactionary. Mm-hmm. In responding to one person or one tweet or any of that, right? And we've, we've seen companies do that. That's and right. it always bites them in the ass because mm-hmm. they wind up looking either totalitarian or crazy. Yeah. <laughs> and one of them you want. But those are both, both bad, are bad for your reputation. Absolutely. <laughs> They're bad. Because <laughs> totalitarian makes it really hard for you to attract and retain high-quality employees. Crazy, you lose employees and customers. Absolutely. So that's not good. Um, so you just want to keep it, you know, in, the, in most of the social media monitoring tools will keep you on the right level that you need to be for your company. Looking and, at the macro, um, really looking also at trends. The trend uh-huh. is the most important thing to be monitoring at that and, and managing too. And so I think what I'm hearing you say is that this kind of um, aggregate macro monitoring of social media, that ought to just be part of your issues or your crisis management plan, right? Right in your normal communication and marketing okay. plan. You you really shouldn't. You're using different tools, but you're doing the same thing that you've always done. Like you said, you mentioned before, we we used to, 20 years ago, monitor every single news article, um, opinion piece, magazine piece, and that's how we monitored what was going on as far as our reputation and our brand management. Right. We still do all that. That hasn't changed. Now we've just added these social media outlets. We added yeah. to the outlets that we're paying attention to. Yes. But we should still be looking at the aggregate 
and not yeah, focusing like, and zeroing in on, you know, and, and it's, it, it seemed really sexy and it seemed like it made a lot of sense at one point to really zero in on the influencers of social media. And what we found is most of the influencers in social media are trolls. <laughs> right? And it, do you right. really, can you imagine trying to do like your TV advertising campaign geared towards the trolls in the world? Yeah. Disaster. No. Disaster. Your social media campaign shouldn't be any different. You want to direct it towards the people who you want positive attention and reaction and direct it away from trolls. So there's a company called Telstra. And they look like they've got a really good policy. And I was curious about your opinion about their policy and what were the components of it that made it so good? Well, it's kind of interesting. Um, the video, is, is that's exactly the kind of governance message that you want to communicate to your employees mm -hmm. and your vendors and your contractors. It's great. Then when you read into the details, it gets icky really fast. Okay, okay. And it starts to sound impossible, mm -hmm. honestly. I was reading that and I'm going, okay, if I'm an employee, I'm going to look at this and go, this is impossible. I can't do this. Because it says you can't tell anybody who you work for. Impossible. It says you can't ever offend anyone. Impossible. You know, I'm a woman, I'm smart, and I'm an American. My very existence is offensive to some people in the world. That's right. Okay? I don't need to tell you who they are. Everybody in the audience already knows. Sure, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> who is offended by the fact that I was born and I continue to live every day. Yeah. Screw them. I don't care. Yeah, exactly. Okay? That is the 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 trout the 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 challenge, and that's one of the things I like that you brought it up is it is the challenge, is exactly the challenge that we have in governance in companies today. You want to provide this framework mm -hmm. that provides the guide, guidance to people. But as soon as you start to get into the specifics of behavior, if you aren't careful, you're going to get yourself into trouble. So when you tell your employees they're not allowed to offend anyone, what did you just do? You just shut them down. Absolutely. If you have knowledge workers, you just told them, you can't work here, you can't be successful here, you might as well just go find a job somewhere else. And they are a company who is 100% knowledge workers. Yeah. They can't afford that message. And guess what? It's not their intention. That's not what they meant. Yeah. It's not what they meant. If you look at the video, right, that's really what they mean. So but as soon as you read down into that bullet list and they start to go into the, the specifics and they, and they, it, it, they, they lose, they have a disconnect between here's your guidelines. We know you're smart people. We know you know what's right and wrong. And okay, now we're going to micromanage you and we're going to give you impossible standards. Yeah. Yeah. They it, it, it always, it, you know, we talked about this before once, but, Obviously, perfection's not an option. Right. So don't don't do this to people. And we talked to in a couple of our agile podcasts about how many times product managers or product owners will say they want it to be bug free. Mm -hmm. 
right? The, them saying, you know, you can't offend anyone and, you know, all this other stuff. There was the, the, the bullet points rather large and I invite people to go take a look at it themselves and do their own assessment. But you read that in its absoluteness and you go, that's expecting perfection and perfection's not an option. Completely unrealistic. And um, we'll post a link um to Ren's website at renmelberg.com so that you can all go have a look. And a little hand for people, too, when you're doing stuff like this, the moment you say words like must, you know, that's an absolute. Mm-hmm. You, from a governance perspective, you, you just got yourself into trouble. Yeah. Unless you're saying, you know, you can use absolutes like you can't steal from us. That's a good absolute. Yes. But when we're talking about... You know, communication and in, in human behaviors like this, um, yeah, as soon as you get into must, you, 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 you probably are about to step in it. Oh, yeah. And I hope I don't have to tell people what it is. Oh, no, I think, uh, I think I get it. Um, and I didn't even grow up on a farm and I, but I do own a dog. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I know exactly what it is. Um, well, look, we promised information and enlightenment. And of course, Ren has delivered both to us and then some. And for those of you who want to read more about this, and if you want to see that link to uh, Telstra, we'll have that on her website, which is www.renmelberg.com. It's also a good place to... Uh, catch up on past episodes you might have not heard. And of course, be sure and come back next week for another edition of the Guardian Podcast with Ren Melberg.